everybody this is the demo episode of ham talk live entitled getting to know your host and that's recorded on monday february 1st 2016 i am the aforementioned host neil rap my call sign is wb9vpg thanks for tuning in to the demo episode of ham talk live uh, ham talk live is a live call-in talk radio show on the internet every thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, starting on February 18th. For 30 minutes, we hope to entertain and educate people with ham radio. What makes this show a little different from other shows is that we broadcast live, which can be a scary thing sometimes. Uh, you can't go back and fix the mistakes, but uh, we're going to give it a try. The other thing that's a little different from a lot of uh, podcasts is we're going to take calls from you, the listener, uh, to get the show started the first few weeks, we're going to take a special guest each week to interview, and then at the end of the show, you'll be able to Skype in or call in and ask questions. Um, now, again, this is live radio, so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm a little nervous about taking a chance with some uh, QRM, uh, but at least we don't have to worry about the FCC uh, revoking our license or anything on the internet, right? So uh, I hope the callers will be courteous and supportive of the show, and uh, if we run into trouble, we'll uh, we'll try to find a way to, to fix that. Uh, but as the show grows, we hope to have some nights where we just take some calls and talk about whatever's happening in ham radio. Uh, we've got some fabulous guests lined up. Um, for the next few weeks, and as we get closer to Dayton Hamvention, uh, we're going to do a little preview of some of the activities there. Our first guest is going to be Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD. Um, Scott is a cardiologist with the Mayo Clinic, and uh, like me, has been a ham since uh, childhood. He's a well-known contester, DXer, and he's been on several de-expeditions, um, so I'm excited to have him on as my very first guest. And um, after that, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, has agreed to come on the show. Don's a professional broadcaster and the fearless leader at Amateur Radio Newsline and co-host of the popular video podcast Ham Nation on Twit TV. And so Don will be joining us uh, before too long. And um, we have a list of other people that we're, we're working on. Uh, but uh, I wanted to do a little demo here first so that people can kind of get an idea of the show and let you get to know me in case you don't already. Um, I became a ham when I was five years old and at the time was the youngest one in the world. That record doesn't hold up anymore, um, but uh, at the time it was the record. And it all started when my dad got a code oscillator out of the closet and decided that he would give ham radio a try is a high school electronics teacher in Mount Vernon, Illinois, Max Pemberton, K4HAX, introduced him to ham radio in high school. and He never did get his license, but it planted a seed, and uh, he went to work for Thordeson Meisner in uh, Mount Carmel, Illinois, and then as a 
TV repairman in Vincennes, Indiana, and then uh, went to work at Good Samaritan Hospital as a biomedical electronic technician. And uh, when he saw a flyer uh, for a non-credit course at the local junior college, uh, Vincennes University, uh, he decided that um, he was going to give it a shot and he was going to get his license. So uh, Max had planted a seed in him that... uh, ended up uh, growing, and uh, he decided, well, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take my son along. Um, he's only five years old, and there was a, a restriction on the class. that You had to be at least 13, and there was a, a girl that was there that was uh, right around 13 or so, and uh, a little bit on the younger side, and, and she was just coming along, and so uh, Dad asked, well, you know, can I can I bring my son along? He'll sit here and be quiet. He won't cause any disruption. And they said, well, yeah, as long as he doesn't cause any any disruptions, you know, uh, doesn't interfere with the class, it'll it'll be fine. But if he causes any kind of you know disruption to the class, then then no, you're not going to be able to do that. So um, so anyway, he took me, and I was I was a pretty good kid, and I. You know, Dad sat there with his notebook copying Morse code, and so I took my notebook along, and I started copying Morse code, and uh, people kind of looked around and was like, wait a second, this five-year-old is copying Morse code. Uh, Maybe this kid could actually do it. And so I went with him every week, and... uh, Finally, they, they came time to uh, give the five words per minute code test, and uh, I went ahead and took it. And you had to get 25 characters solid copy, 25 characters in a row without any um, mistakes, and uh, I got 23. So I didn't pass uh, the first time around, so I was a little little disappointed, but uh, came back uh, the next time and uh, copied 104 in a row. So <laughs> uh, they said, oh, well, I guess a five-year-old can do this. Um, so they mailed off for um, for my test and um, took the test. Um, it was delayed a little bit because I didn't know how to write in cursive. I didn't know how to sign my name. And... Um, I printed my name, and the 610, the Form 610, which now it's uh, 605, but uh, the Form 610 from the FCC um, never did come back. And, you know, it it said, well, you know, it's not properly filled out. So we filled it out again, and Dad helped me write in cursive to sign my name. And the test arrived, so I took it in the basement of... uh, a guy down the street who was teaching the uh, theory part, Howard Hazelman, K9SLV, and uh, sent it off. And uh, Bill Sage, K9IHU, was my code instructor. He was uh, a lifelong Elmer and mentor and, and someone very, very near to my heart. Um, but uh, they helped me through, and uh, the license came. So... Uh, It came on a Saturday morning, and my dad had been called to the hospital to work overtime. And um, 
when the when the license came, I turned on the radio and got on the air. I didn't wait for Dad to get home, and Mom was uh, just, um, I think, in total shock um, because I had gone ahead and got on the radio. Um, and lo and behold, my first contact was Jim Cobb, K3DIF, who worked at the Associated Press in Washington, D.C. And so I, you know, sent age five, you know, during the, the exchange and he said, well, wait a second, you're, you're a ham and you're five years old. And so he, uh, investigated that a little bit and started uh, doing a little digging and, and decided that uh, this was a news story. And so um, word spread from there. And um, so I ended up on TV and in a lot of magazines and things like that. I upgraded to technician at age six, general at seven, advanced at nine, and then that 20 words a minute code. I just didn't want to do it. And... Um, Along came the volunteer examining program, and I wanted to help out with that. And so at 18, I, I took the 20 words per minute. I had to take it several times. Uh, it wasn't so much copying the code as much as it was writing at 20 words a minute. I just uh, didn't do well with that. But I finally got it and passed it and, uh, and got my extra at age 18. So ham radio has been... A part of most of my life. In fact, uh, it'll be uh, 40 years this coming July. Uh, became interested in repeaters. Uh, spent a lot of time playing around with repeaters and new bells and whistles and trying out things that uh, uh, interested me. That was a lot of fun and helped uh, start operating the EARS Wide Area Repeater Network. And um, one of the things I've been involved with most, uh, especially in recent years, is teaching young people. Um, Max planted that seed in Dad. Dad planted that seed in me. And now I'm planting that seed at uh, Bloomington High School South here in Bloomington, Indiana, where I teach chemistry. Uh, but I also sponsor the Ham Radio Club. And uh, you'll be hearing uh, some more about that. And I've been on Ham Nation recently about that. So it's a great club there, great students, great parents. Many donors and sponsors have helped. And um, it's just great that we can do that. Um, we do some contesting. We do fox hunting. A little project building. Uh, personally, I, I enjoy FM. I still like FM and, uh, and APRS. And, of course, some HF, some DXing, and uh, PSK31. Um, I haven't branched out too much into a lot of digital modes. I used to do a lot of RIDI and ASCII and even some AMTOR back uh, when I was a kid. But um, PSK31 seems to be about the only one that I that I do uh, on a regular basis. Um, I can do some CW, but I haven't done it in a long time. It's usually in the classroom to, to show the kids and I haven't made a live CW contact in a long time. But uh, if you have any questions about any of those things along the way, I'll do my best to answer those. Uh, but maybe the best thing I can do is point you to the right person to ask. Uh, I've been very blessed to meet many knowledgeable and helpful hams over the years. 
and we're going to invite those people on and and we can point you in the right direction so that's my story and um, hopefully as the show um, gets going we'll learn some of your stories Uh, but right now it's time to take a quick break but i'll be back uh, to take a call and then uh, we'll wrap things up for the demo episode of ham talk live this is neil rapp coming to you live on the internet at hamtalklive.com. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978, bringing connectors, antennas, cables, and other parts to the world. Scott and Jill travel the country bringing their store to you at HamFest, but you can also order online at pl-259.com or by calling 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, audio cables, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even in use on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics is a dealer for MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro Technologies. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com, proud to sponsor this episode of HamTalk Live. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. And welcome back to the demo episode of Ham Talk Live. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, and we'd like to thank Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show. So we can bring you Ham Talk Live every week. Be sure to listen every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time starting on February 18th, right here on HamTalkLive.com. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. Uh, Just search for HamTalkLive, and if you miss the show, you can download the podcast from the website or from Spreaker, uh, which is where we host the show, and uh, we'll have it on iTunes uh, soon, and uh, possibly SoundCloud and and iHeart Podcasts will... uh, have to get going a little bit before we get into those, but um, you can definitely uh, find us online. So the idea of the show is to take your calls, so we're going to take one right now. And once the show is going, the best way to join us is on Skype at HamTalk Live. So if you just get on Skype and add HamTalk Live, you can give us a call that way. And if you can't Skype us, you can call us. Uh, we have a phone number that's tied in Skype. It's 812-NET-HAM-1. Again, that's 812-NET-HAM-1. So you'll be able to give us a call. So right now we're going to take a call. And joining us this evening is Eric Bonham in 9KDB. He's one of the net controls with Central Indiana Skywarn. And he's my best friend and helps out with the Ears Repeater organization. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So, one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit um, on this demo episode, so we have something to talk about, is Mm -hmm. um, the repeater network. Um, 
we've done some work with with the ears system and trying to get uh, linked into Indianapolis, and that and that was a little mm-hmm. far to be linking um, from Vincennes to Indianapolis, and so mm-hmm. uh, we were able to work out a, a system through Terre Haute. So why don't you explain how? the uh, Central Indiana Skywarn link system works and what that's used for and what needs to be on that system and what shouldn't be on that system. Okay. Well, the uh, the linking originates from up here in Indianapolis. Uh, the uh, W9IC uh, yeah, in. group, they, uh, they allow us to use their system. Uh, they have... Uh, a uh, network of different repeaters that they link in. Uh, let's see, they've got a simplex repeater at Freetown. Uh, I believe they're linking into a, uh, uh, Lafayette. There's a repeater up there, um, UHF, um, another UHF machine, I believe, in northern Boone County. Uh, there's also a two-meter machine up there uh, that's new this year, or this past year, I should say. Uh, there's some talk about uh, Muncie, I believe, uh, down the road or somewhere up that area. Uh, and uh, we uh, link into Terre Haute. Um, over there, the 44435 machine, which in turn uh, passes the traffic from Vincennes on the uh, Ears repeater down there through Terre Haute and up to us. Okay, so during, during those those nets what what is the purpose of linking all these systems together well uh, to uh, pass traffic uh, as quickly as we can from uh, especially farther out through uh, through the system to uh, the National Weather Service in Indianapolis um, where there's a we have a radio on, at the one warning coordinators desk there and uh, they monitor it uh, whenever there's a uh, net up a few of those guys are hands out there or one of us will go out there and uh we uh just pass traffic on and uh, uh if we do have ham out there we uh we uh, write down the reports uh on these little forms uh, that the weather service has and uh, and that gets passed along to their uh, uh person taking those and then they uh, log them and uh, get them uh, in the system uh, for various reasons uh, to confirm warnings or pass along damage reports uh, to local media and law enforcement, stuff like that. Okay, so you're, you're collecting all this information from all the, the severe weather that's, that's happening in the area. Does anybody call in on, on this network, or is that restricted to certain people? Well, uh, what we like for it to be is uh, it's, it's called, it's, it's in the incident command structure of uh, Reporting, so there's a uh, net control, and uh, what uh, ideally happens is uh, each county or uh, area of counties will have a uh, separate weather net locally that they're doing, and uh, what they would do is have a liaison from their particular local net uh, calling reports to us rather than just have the uh, hundred hams on. Uh, trying to call in stuff at the same time, we'll just uh, just do it uh, in an orderly fashion by just one liaison from one net. So all the nets are basically checking into a bigger net. Exactly. To get everything accomplished. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
that seems like a uh, a good system and uh thank you for uh all that you do and mark and john and and all the guys up there to to make all that work yeah it's uh it, it can be fun <laughs> we get a lot <laughs> lot going on sometimes and it can be in the middle of the night too but we do our best to try to be there for everybody yeah i know you've had a lot of uh late nights with that so thanks for uh helping keep us safe <laughs> my pleasure Okay, that's Eric Bottom, in 9 KDB of Indianapolis, Indiana, talking a little bit about Central Indiana Skywarn. And since this is a demo version, we're going to go ahead and cut this off tonight. But uh, I want to thank Eric for being my guest, and that wraps up episode number zero of Ham Talk Live. Uh, thanks to all you listeners out there in cyberspace, and we invite you all back for the first real episode. It's going to be Thursday night, February 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 73, 75, and may the good DX be yours.